We have something really fun in store tonight. Uh, it's Honduras Report Night. This is where we get to have our Honduras team come up, uh, those who participated on the recent mission trip to San Pedro Sula, Honduras, and they're going to share about their experience. And, uh, and so we're really excited about that. Uh, to begin our time, I want to start with uh, the Word of God, uh, with uh, our scripture reading which comes to us from Acts chapter 14. Now, if you know anything about Acts chapter 14, um, it is Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey. Uh, they were sent out of the church in Antioch in Acts chapter 13. Uh, and so when we get to Acts chapter 14, verses 24 through 28, we see them return to Antioch. And this is what the Word of God says. Acts chapter 14, verses 24 through 28. Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphyla. And when they had spoken the word in Persia, they went down to Attilia. And from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived, they gathered the church together. They declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they remained no little time with the disciples. Uh, let me pray for us. Gracious Heavenly Father, um, thank you that you have revealed your heart through the Scriptures, and that you love the people of this world. Even while we are enemies, sinners, you are steadfast in your love towards those broken people that fill the earth. Thank you that, Lord, you love them so much you did not leave them to themselves, but, Lord, you enter in by your grace and that you open the doors of our hearts to see you for who you are and all of your goodness, all of your loving kindness, and see uh, repenting away from our sins and putting our trust in you as eternally worth uh, the worship of our lives. Thank you that you've put this message on the hearts of your people to go out and make disciples. God, I pray that you would bless every member of the Honduras team that uh, we recently went to this trip and that, Lord God, you would just um, be honored in the words of our mouth as we just share about our experience of what you accomplished uh, through us, uh, broken people who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus with a message on their hearts to share the gospel with people who desperately need to hear it. And so, God, would you bless, uh, bless our conversation that we have tonight, that you would be glorified above any person or any one week, uh, Lord God, that you would be glorified uh, for all eternity, for the goodness uh, that you show us each and every day. Um, God, bless our time together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, first, I'd like to welcome to our stage uh, the leaders of this trip, uh, which was myself and Adrienne and Richard Woodruff. Would y'all welcome them to the stage? Adrienne, uh, I want to start with the simple question, how many trips have you taken to Honduras? Uh, this is my fifth trip to Honduras. Fifth trip to Honduras. And what have you seen take place in Honduras, as well as our young adults that we just continue to send over the years. What, what have you seen? Um, I think that's been one of the biggest blessings of going to Honduras is seeing, one, how the church, how Impacto has grown, how the churches that we're partnering with, how they've grown, how the neighborhoods surrounding those um, churches have transformed over the years. Um, but because I do life or did life with you guys for so long, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just very always touched to see how the Lord worked, not just in that one week, um, but how the, the Lord continued to work in the lives of our people um, each and every day outside of that week. So I saw people that went to Honduras and then went on a short-term mission trip with the IMB that went to Honduras and then had a heart to do more door-to-door -door here in Memphis that went to Honduras and um, came back and wanted to start a home group or yeah. just all of these different things to see how the Lord used this one week to spark a fire um, within our young adults. Amen. And then what was it like, uh, this was your first time co-leading a trip. What was that like? That was um, a whole new level of dependence on the Lord <laughs> um, because 
when things went wrong, it's like, oh, I don't know what we're going to do. And, like, internally I'm praying, like, okay, Lord, only you can fix this. I don't have any connections here to call a new bus mm-hmm. or um, – I don't, I don't have, only have Sergio's phone number, so, <laughs> so like, he's the only person I can call, um, and so really just learning to trust the Lord, and that, um, for my immediate response to be to turn to Him, mm-hmm. and to lean on Him for wisdom and guidance in that. Yeah, yeah. I remember being in the country, and not having any idea of, like, where I was, like, <laughs> yeah. it was like, I, I could disappear, and nobody would, would know, right? Like, it's <laughs> just, yeah, nowhere, no, yeah, don't know where to start in, in looking for me, like, but it was, it was, it was radical dependence upon the Lord, which is a for good sure. place for us to be, Um, And so I just want to thank you for how you led out on this trip. You did a marvelous job, and I'm so grateful for you. Um, I could not have done this trip without you. So I'm so (laughs) grateful for you and Richard both um, and just what you contributed to this trip. And and mostly in the side of uh, the logistics and leadership that you just displayed was, was excellent. So thank you. And uh, I think, sorry, yeah, can I sorry. say one more thing? No, yeah. I think with that um, dependence on the Lord, you got to see how the Lord showed up even more, right? Like when you're on the team and you're like, okay, I'm looking to that leader and they're going to make this decision and it's all going to work out. And then you look around and you're like, oh, wait. I'm that, I'm that person. <laughs> I'm that person. <laughs> they're looking to me. I then get to really look at the Lord and say, look, mm-hmm. the Lord like really showed up. Like I know that in your head you know that, but when you experience that, um, yeah in real life where you're the responsible one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you were incredibly responsible. <laughs> I counted a lot. Yeah. yeah, it's true. You did. You made sure everybody was on the we bus. Yeah. Whether the numbers added up or not. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, well, I would love to kind of go towards Richard at this point. And Richard, just want to ask, what was it like helping your wife lead this trip? Well, she did all the hard work, so it's pretty easy. <laughs> I mean, honestly. So, I mean, she was the reason I was going on the trip. Right. So, because they asked her to lead, and um, they say, Richard, if you want to join, you know, you're welcome. (laughs) So, it was, uh, so it was great. Um, But, no, it was great serving alongside my wife. um, And, you know, just seeing all the work and detail that goes into a mission trip and making sure, like, our, um, all the other people with us are taken care of, making sure that we're, Everything's being communicated with our mission partners on that. So it was yeah. really good to be like on that side, yeah. seeing how all that works. Awesome. And how did you see the Lord move uh, on this trip? Uh, I mean, there were you know, several ways. I mean, we are going to talk about that for the mm-hmm. rest of the evening. But, you know, I saw even just with leaving, we had some problems getting out. Mm-hmm. And the Lord provided us with a way to get to Honduras because initially, you know, the ticket off, you know, our plane was delayed. So we missed our connecting flight. And the people at the American Airlines counter said that it was, you know, you're not going to get there today and you're not going to get there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, fortunately, our uh, mission staff at the church showed up yeah. and uh, we were able to get all that sorted out to where we were able to go. And then while I was there, just the opportunities to share the gospel mm-hmm. uh, were amazing. And we'll hear about those later tonight. But whether it's with the schools or door to door, I mean, we just had ample opportunities to share the gospel and to do God's work. Praise God. And then just the fellowship that we had with our mission partners. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was second to none. As I was telling you, yeah. when I envisioned true Christian fellowship, that's it. Yeah. So, I mean, we, you know, we were reliant on the Lord to provide for us, and they were reliant on us. And, um, you know, we worshiped together, we ate together, mm-hmm. we prayed together. We shared the gospel together, so it was just a really great experience. Awesome. Yeah. And any sage wisdom that you have to share our single adults who are possibly maybe thinking through going on a mission trip, any advice that you would give them? I I would say if you have the opportunity to go, then you absolutely should go Mm -hmm. because right now, you know, this is the best time in your life to do something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're a student, you're you know, you're limited by what your parents will pay for or what they'll let you do. Mm. When you're married and you have children, you're limited by the needs of your family. But mm-hmm. as a single adult, yeah. you have, you know, a lot of freedom. And this is one of the reasons Paul praises singleness yeah. in the Corinthians, right? right? And so you have the capacity to go out and serve. So I would say if you do have the opportunities to go out on a mission mm. trip, to absolutely take them. Amen. Awesome. We'll talk more about that. All right. Would you give it up for these guys? Thank you. Uh, At this point, I'd like to introduce some uh, first-timers that were on the trip. Uh, Daniel, 
uh, and then Liz, and then Chase. Uh, would y'all come on up? Oh, yeah, welcome them to the stage. All right. So Daniel, Richard kind of alluded to it. We had a rough beginning to our trip. Um, I did not envy being a leader, <laughs> not being one. But you, you made a remark, and I remembered it. You saw the importance of prayer at the very beginning. Could you just kind of explain what you meant by that? So, yeah, uh, there was probably took about, I'd say, two or three hours to get everything figured out. And I think the, as a group, we prayed three to four times at least during that. And I really got to see praying without ceasing and just giving your burdens to the Lord at work. Mm. And that's something I'm trying to apply to my life even now. Yeah. Yeah. To kind of just go a little bit further, um, we did. We got to the counter at American Airlines. And just like Richard said, she actually said, we do not have 12 seats going to Honduras today. And you can understand how demoralizing that may be, having trained for months to go on this trip and to be told that when you had tickets months ago um, and uh, and that they kind of just it got shut down real quick. And then, you know, you saw us at the counter and, and I looked back and saw a group of our people not just standing there looking at their watch like, man, when are we going to get this show on the road? They were praying and yeah. you guys prayed and, and somehow, some way God worked and said, all right, we got, you know, <laughs> we have to group the tickets up six and six to get you to Houston. You're staying the night in Houston, which... Okay, but yeah. then the next day we're in Honduras. My brain was like, "It's already gonna. That'd probably be a miracle in itself yeah. if they are already disconnecting fights here. Mm-hmm. All of us ending up in the same place, separated. That's gonna yeah. happen. Yeah, that would've been <laughs> rough. Yes. Um, now, kind of going a little bit further into the week, yeah. uh, you had uh, kind of a new experience doing some door-to-door evangelism, especially in a a cross-cultural context, and that they're. Uh, predominantly Spanish speakers um, yeah. and do not speak English. So what was that like for you? Well, uh, the first time I was sharing, I ended up sharing with someone who, it was their first time sharing or translating as well. So I think as I kind of reflected on that, I realized that that was a motivator for me mm-hmm. is to help him have, you know, together we can enjoy this experience together of just doing the Lord's work. Yeah, so you were partnered with Jose, yeah, and Jose. Uh, Jose was a high school student, yeah. right? And uh, and he had never been door-to-door, evan- like uh, evangelizing no. door-to-door. Um, and so there you are both together trying to complete a task that you had kind of trained for, but it, it, obviously there's some difficulty when it comes time to actually do it. Um, so yeah, kind of keep going. Yeah, so we were kind of working through it, and... Uh, I could kind of see as he was talking, he was getting confidence in what the late what the lady we were talking to was saying, and kind of where she was. And with that kind of, we got mutual assurance. But even with that in mind, I still, just in case, when I was doing our closing prayer, shared the gospel. Then my mm-hmm. prayer in a way that wouldn't give false assurance, but could also, if we were wrong give her something to think about. Yeah, that's good, man. That's a fine line. It, it's a hard conversation to have for sure. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. Anything else you'd add about that? Uh, the only other thing is kind of, I guess, the importance of making sure that you always are sharing specifically mm-hmm. the main points of the gospel because it's so easily misconstrued yeah. in places. So, so with that in mind, what are the main points of the gospel? You know, that... uh that we are, of course, sinners, and that we are all sinners, and nothing we can do can save us, and that God, being the amazing God he is, uh, had a plan for us all along, and uh, sent his son who was born outside of our line and born from a virgin so he could be 100% man and 100% God, and then uh, he lived a perfect life, a life that, that could be a model for us and how to live, but he also uh, died. And since he had no sin, he was a perfect sacrifice for everyone. Mm-hmm. So if you believe that and put your trust in him, uh, that being the only way to get to heaven, you can uh, be saved from yourself and have the ability to live like him. 
Yeah. Hey, I put you on the spot. The only thing I'd add is the resurrection. Oh, yeah. Uh, pretty important. <laughs> but yeah, I put yeah, you on the knows. spot. That was not in our notes. <laughs> so I appreciate you doing that. I, that, was a, that was a test, and, and you passed. So good job, man. Appreciate it. Awesome. Liz. <laughs> Thank you. Good job. That was hard. That was hard. Good job, Daniel. Uh, Liz, kind of same uh, same thing I want to ask you. You were kind of new to Door to Door, and specifically with Villanueva, you had a moment that really impacted you. You want to share about that? Yeah. So when we were out doing the Door to Door, we witnessed to a bunch of different people. Um, one person in particular stood out to me. It was a lady I was getting to share with. Um, and it really made me nervous to share because it was my first time doing door to door and I don't speak the language. Yeah. I mean, very, very little, but not really. Um, and so there was a lot of relying on God because I was like, God, I can't, I don't have the words. Mm -hmm. Like I know the gospel, but I don't have the words. So mm -hmm. you have to give me words. I was yeah. like, and then I also have to rely on a translator because I don't know the language either. Yeah. Um, but this one lady we shared with, she had been raised uh, hearing the gospel, but it was not a clear gospel. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, works-based. You're saved by Jesus, but also your works. Right. Um, and so she was like, I've heard all this before. I just, I can't keep up. Yeah. She's like, I cannot keep up my works. She's like, so I don't think I'm saved. And she's like, I don't even know if I want to anymore. Yeah. And so we walked through the gospel with her, and specifically Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Mm. And as it was, like, being translated to her, and we were telling her, you know, it's not based off of you. It's based off of what Jesus did for yeah. you. Um, when that was translated, it was like her whole demeanor changed. Mm. It was like a weight that had been there for years rolled off her shoulders. Yeah. Her eyes lit up, and she was like, now I have assurance. Yeah. She's like... I put my faith in Jesus. She's like, but now I know I am saved. Hmm. And she was like, I need a Bible. I'm going to go to the church. She's like, I need good godly fellowship. Yeah. And it was, I've never seen that moment happen before mm -hmm. for somebody. And so that was very impactful to me. Yeah, absolutely. It, it There's a, uh, a really, the, you're right, the gospel is muddied there. And, and even to the point where it's no longer a gospel. Um, that it is very works-based. And, and you could even, I had a conversation with a woman and it did not go that way. Um, it, it continued down a very uh, muddied road uh, where she could agree with faith and she could agree with Jesus, but she could not agree with faith alone in Christ alone. And, and you know, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 helps kind of kind of direct that conversation back towards grace, right? Yeah. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast, right? If you can boast that I'm growing closer in the Lord because of my works, you've doing, you've, you're doing it wrong, right? It is by grace alone uh, and through faith alone in Christ alone. So that, that's really great. Uh, and, and you also had some things uh, in mind about prayer and how you saw prayer yes. work. Uh, so, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. So there were a lot of prayers that were answered. Some of the biggest ones would be just how God knit us together as a team. Mm. Um, the fact that he helped all of us to be very flexible and adaptable. Mm -hmm. Flex adaptability, our big word. Um, but because there was a lot of times we had to be flexible. Yeah. yeah. But just how he worked in all of those times. Mm -hmm. And it was very obvious that it was him. It wasn't yeah. something humans could do. Right. Um, you know, with our bus breaking down twice. Yeah. And then we still had transportation. Mm -hmm. Everybody got there. Gospel was shared. Yeah. Um, even like we were talking that second day, a lot of the people we shared with were, they wouldn't have been there had we gotten there on time, had mm. the bus not broken down. Mm -hmm. And we've seen God work in that. Yeah. And just, there were so many ways. Yeah. It's hard to, yeah. like, explain all of them. Yeah, that his time is perfect, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and that we just need to slow down sometimes. Be still, right? Know that yeah. he is God. He will be exalted in the nations. That and the fact that nobody got sick on the trip. <laughs> that was a really big one. Praise the Lord. So That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to go towards Chase now. Chase, uh, how long have you been a born-again Christian? I have been a born-again Christian since I was six years old. Okay, six years old. And this was your first mission trip. Is that right? It was. Okay, so I want to hear kind of what inspired you to, to now, how old are you? 
I am 25. 25. At 25 years of age, what kind of suddenly inspired you to go on a mission trip? Well, this goes back to when I first joined uh, the Young Adults Ministry. Um, for a long time, I was a long period of time due to work. I was out of the church. I was working night shift, this, that, and other excuses, excuses. So I get a new job with a consistent work schedule. I, and I decide I'm going to get plugged back into the church. Mm. And within the first couple of weeks, I went to one of Tanya's evangelism trainings. Mm-hmm. And she talked about how she had been a Christian for a long time. And she was one of those that never worked in the field. She was content to sit there and not tell anyone about Jesus yeah. and let others do it. And I'm sitting here listening to her to say this thinking, oh, my goodness, she's talking about me. <laughs> and, and and so that was when I did, realized that if I wanted my walk with Christ to grow, I needed to start more than just taking in scripture, more than just listening to sermons, more than just gaining knowledge. I needed to start pouring out. Yeah. And Honduras seemed like an excellent way to, one, learn how to share the gospel and to be able to do so with confidence. Yeah, that's great. And then you got to see the global church, right? You got to see the, the capital C church, uh, as we call it. What did the Lord teach you uh, through our ministry partners at Impacto? Well, one aspect of the church that I got to see on display was how the church ministers and provides for its local community, both here and in Honduras through Bellevue Memphis and through the work we did at Vina Nueva and Chaloma. Yeah. We were out serving the local community, providing their physical and spiritual needs. Mm-hmm. And so that was something I got to actually see for myself, which was a wonderful thing. Yeah. And what I saw in our ministry partners was something that I knew already, but was really hammered home was that we we serve the same God. Mm. You know, we were different languages, different backgrounds, different cultures, and yet we were united as the body of Christ. Amen. And that was something wonderful to see. That's awesome. Well, good deal. Well, thank you guys so much. I'll let you guys go back to your seat. Uh, thank you guys. Would you join me? And now I'd like to invite uh, two of our returners up to the stage, uh, Clinton and Amanda. Would you give it up for them? Uh, Amanda, adding to Chase's remarks about kind of the global church, right, the universal church, um, you you saw Sweet Spirit for the second time uh, in our kind of the, the partnership that we have with Impacto Church and going around to these other churches outside San Pedro Sula and ministering to other churches. So tell us a little bit more, uh, just kind of piggybacking off what Chase said. What made you, uh, or sorry, what did you uh, see that Chase saw, but kind of more in a fresh way on a second trip? Yeah, um, like Cross said, uh, I got to go last year, and I think it's a really great blessing that I got to come back um, a second time, so praise the Lord for that. Um, but really, just, um, it was so cool, because if you think, if I think about it, um, I've only known these people for like a total of two weeks, and but I feel like I've known them my whole life, and some of them um, I only got to know one week, because this was my first time meeting them. And so it was, in a sense, it was kind of like coming back to a family reunion. Um, And so I just thought, and I was like, why does it feel this way? Why do I feel so close with these people when I've only known them for like such a short amount of time? And I think kind of like what Chase said, it was the unity of Christ in Christ. And that's something that, um, that's something that can only be had and like cherished when um, both parties know the Lord. Mm -hmm. And there's a verse that I kind of want to share that can um, better explain that. Um, it comes from Philippians 2, 1, and it says, therefore, and this is the new amplified version. I just really mm-hmm. like it. It says, therefore, if there is any encouragement and comfort in Christ, as there certainly is in abundance, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship that we share in the spirit, if there, if there is any great depth of affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, having the same love toward one another, knit together in spirit, intent on one purpose and living a life that reflects your faith and spreads the gospel, the good news regarding salvation through faith in Christ. Um, And so some words um, in that verse that stick out to me were same mind, same love, um, together in spirit, one purpose, um, and and of course living a life that reflects your faith and spreads the gospel. Um, If I could like sum up what it was like that week, I would say that was it. Mm. We all had the same mind, we all were on the same page, um, because we shared the spirit, um, 
we had the spirits pouring out on us because we were all believers in Christ. And we had that one purpose of living life, reflecting our faith and spreading the gospel. So it was just, hmm. it was really cool to just get to live life on mission with, yeah. um, with them over there. Um, but there was also just to, to piggyback on that, um, something that Edmundo said on the last day when we had like mm-hmm. some fellowship, um, people were sharing testimonies and things like that and what the Lord had done on the trip. And something that um, he said, and I'm not going to say it as well as he did because he did such a great <laughs> job. Um, he was like crying and like everyone else was crying. Um, but basically the impact that he, that both parties had on each other. Like mm-hmm. he said, he started, he he began translating and and partnering with us when he was 14. He's probably yeah. what, 21, 22 yeah. now. He's about to graduate college. Um, but he, he said that like, it was just, it, he, He's experienced and he's seen Impacto grow in their ministry mm-hmm. because and you, and adapt the things that they've learned from us. But I've also seen that too, like in my life and like our in our ministry, like the Welcome to Eternity. We use that. That's that's Impactos. Yeah. The one to one discipleship books we use. Those are also Impactos. And so yeah. just um, how we get to grow together um, in Christ and. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. really cool how we've uh, impacted each other's ministries yeah. in that. It's remarkable. They are doctrinally sound, and they are on mission, on fire for the Lord, living it out in their kind of other context outside San Pedro Sula, so still kind of entering in a different cultural context, even just to them, um, and that produces joy right? That produces joy when we're able to combine these things. We share all things. We are of one mind. We are in the one body of Christ, and we're doing precisely what the hands and feet of Jesus Christ are called to do, and so that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, the, the day we got to go to Choloma, which is just outside of San Pedro Sula, uh, we got to go to an orphanage for the first time, and this had a pretty strong impact on you personally. What, would you share about that? Yeah, of course. Um, when people ask me, this is probably one of the highlights that I share. Clinton's, he'll share in a second probably, and that's like the highlight of the trip when we got to minister like 500 kids. But anyway, um, mine was the orphanage. And for those of you who don't know, um, I'm adopted from China. And so it was a cool experience um, to have. Um, and it wasn't really what I thought. Like I, we went and there was probably what, 50 to 60 kids. So it was definitely mm-hmm. a more intimate setting. Um, and I really did enjoy that. But um the highlight would be this girl named Rosa, and she's on the left um, in the picture. And so I had only two like really brief encounters with her. She, um, when I introduced myself, she said, you know, my name's Rosa, and, and she didn't have an accent. And I was like, do you speak English? And she was like, yeah. And so um, I don't know, I just felt like drawn to her and I wanted to share more, but I didn't get to because of the rotations and things like yeah. that. But when we were about to leave to go to, our no- to I guess back to the hotel or whatever, um, she came running up to the bus and like with her overseer or advisor. And um, I just looked, I just saw her and like I immediately knew she was there for me. And so I like ran out and um, I didn't think, I didn't know if anyone was watching, but shout to Chelsea, she took the picture. And thank goodness it was towards my bat because I would have been like bawling. Mm. I was crying. But anyway, so I got, I, she just said, hey, I just wanted to say, um, I just want to say bye. And I was like, um, well, do you, like, do you mind if I just share with you real quickly? Like I'd reshared the gospel with her um, and I ended up giving her a Bible and I prayed mm. for her. But, um, and that's what I'm doing in that picture. I'm praying for her. Um, and what touched me the most is, like, as I was laying my hand on her and, like, as I was praying for her, I just felt this sense of, okay, like, th- and I was a baby when I got to, uh, got adopted, but I was like, okay, this was me and mm-hmm. this could have still been me, but by the grace of God, he plucked me out of that situation yeah. and, um, you know, the rest is history. But, yeah. you know, the question could be po- uh, could come up is, okay, is God unjust because he left her there mm-hmm. um, and didn't plug her out? And the answer is no, right? Mm. We know that God's character doesn't depend on our mistakes or like our happenings. Um, I love the verse, let's see, Psalm 119, 68, you're good and do only good, teach me your Mm. decrees. And so, no, God is good and he does only good. And so, and I think that, you know, we were sent there for a purpose. She said, when I closed in prayer, she said, um, uh, thank you for 
I'm just so grateful that y'all came mm. because she didn't say y'all, but I'm so grateful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so grateful that, that you guys came because um, we don't get to hear the gospel. Mm. Um, we just don't. And I'm so grateful that my friends got to hear it yeah. because um, they just don't either. And so it just broke my heart. And, um, but yeah, I think, but the Lord is good. And so who knows what, she, how she's going to impact that community. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I may never know, but mm. I think that everything happens for the reason, for yeah. a reason. And yeah. that definitely encouraged me. Um, it definitely humbled me in realizing how fortunate I am to, you know, be, being blessed spiritually and being, having mm. a body of Christ that I get to come to regularly. Um, and she doesn't have that, but I know that God will provide for her. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was just really cool. Yeah. God works all things together for his glory and for our good. Right. right? That's awesome. All right, we want to move on to, to Clinton now. Uh, Clinton, you were the, man, you were a preacher for the week, man. That's, <laughs> you have probably my favorite photo from the entire week is just you sharing to hundreds of kids. Like, yeah. that is yeah. pretty incredible. Um, so we got a unique opportunity to go into a school, and you got to just preach the Bible lesson to hundreds of kids. Tell us a little bit about that moment. Yeah, that was such a neat opportunity. This year, COVID restrictions were a lot less. Um, and so we were able to go to the orphanage, as Amanda talked about. But that same day, earlier on, we got to go to two schools and uh, in the same area, Chaloma. The first school was about 100 and, I want to say, 15, 15 yeah. kids or so. And it wasn't the whole school that we got to talk to, but we got to talk to a good majority. And we did rotations. So we did like VBS rotations. Um, so we did like uh, an evangelism station, a game station, a craft station. And then I was over the lesson station. And basically what I was teaching was the um, creation and how we were made and then the fall and brokenness and then redemption through Christ. And so I was able to teach what Daniel talked about, admit, believe, and receive. And this one, the second school we went to, it was like 325 or so kids. And the principal wanted every single student to hear and be a part of what we were doing there at that school. Mm -hmm. And it was so amazing. And so when I was sharing, um, like I said, we had different rotations. So in each rotation, you know, you can break that down. Um, we had three separate rotations, I mm -hmm. believe. So we had a lot of kids in each one. And what was so amazing was that the when we would share, when I would share the gospel and we'd have them, we'd give the invitation. Well, Amanda had, I believe it was you at another station, you and Indy, one of our ministry partners, they came up and said, hey, we really want to make sure that these kids understand what they're doing here when they, when they are asking about the invitation, raising their hands to know more about Jesus because we're having so many kids that are showing interest. We're not sure if they're fully grasping what they're doing and, and the yeah. big commitment it is to give their hearts to Christ. Well, sure enough, my buddy... Um, Roberto right there, Robert, he was my translator. And so we really tried to nail it down and, and make sure that they understood what it meant to give their hearts to Christ. Yeah. And sure enough, praise the Lord, the Lord was working in so many of those sweet children's hearts because they were just, every hand almost was up. And you see how big that group was. And it was almost every group. And it was just such a beautiful, beautiful moment. And um, the coolest part too, the uh, Honduras was going on a um, holiday at, at noon, the school was getting out at noon that day, and we were kind of the last thing that they were doing. And so a lot of their parents were coming up mm -hmm. at the end, and the parents were also learning uh, from their kids. Their kids were so excited, um, you know, and, and telling them, and a lot of the parents were coming up thanking us and yeah. just very happy that we were there. But it was a beautiful sight and a very just emotional time with the Lord working through so many hearts. It was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we don't chalk that up to easy believism, right? You did not just like say, hey, you know, you're going to get candy or you're going to get something after this. It's like, no, no, this is for Jesus. Like, do you know who Jesus is? Right. And that's exactly what Amanda and, and the ministry partner were trying to make sure we yeah. were, you know, making them aware of truly what yeah. they were doing. Because it wasn't about, you know, you're going to get a gift, you're going to get yeah. candy, or you're going to get something special. It was about we are you know, in yeah. need of a savior. Yeah. And it really has to do with the context we were in. Uh, Chaloma is, I mean, it's a rough region, a rough city. And uh, a lot of that um, shapes itself out in, or works itself out to where these children are neglected, uh, right? Most, if, you know, they have both parents, both of them are working, but mostly it's just moms. Moms are working. They don't have time to, to really give attention to their kids. Um, and so they don't have a whole lot of special attention that they get from adults. 
And when we come in and share the good news of the gospel, I'm sure we played games, but we leveraged it for the gospel. Uh, they were overwhelmingly positive to the message of Jesus. And that's what matters. Um, so that they got that, uh, the good news. That's awesome. Uh, so how does that compare to, say, a moment later in the week, we were at Villanueva, smaller group, but got to counsel about eight uh, eight kids in Villanueva from a VBS. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we had a little bit more time um, a little bit more time in Villanueva, and we did the same rotations, and, I, and this was a different uh, a day, a different day. But I did the lesson as well one day, and then also counseled one day. And the day that I counseled, um, again, the same stations, and there was an evangelism uh, station where we kind of gave an invitation. And I think that since this was the second day, they had kind of had, so the way we broke this one up, it was the creation and the fall. And then I believe the second day was redemption, or maybe, yeah something like that. But we broke it up into two days. And so I was able to be a part of the counseling of that second day. And um, so what we would do during the invitation, um, if there was there were any children that wanted to know more about Jesus, that we, we'd ask them to raise their hand, and then we would kind of pull them aside and do a different room for counseling. Well, there were, um, I think there was a group of six children, uh, the first kind of counseling time. And uh, poor things, I didn't have the uh, there's no air, but there was uh, a little fan, and I did not even have the fan on, and I felt so bad I didn't realize because we were just like so involved and kind of on our time thing, and they were looking at me like, can we have some air? And I was like, I'm sorry, there's not. And then they left, and then I realized that there's a fan that we let and I turned it on. Anyways, so the second group, of ch but, but the six children, that they truly gave their hearts to Christ, and it was just really, really incredible. And then the second group that came through, there were two of them, and my uh, my partner buddy Hector, um, one of our translators, he was very emotional on that one because he was saying, um, and I forget the, the young man's name, but this was a, a little bit of an older group. These two guys were older, and they were giving their hearts to Christ as well. And Hector said he was a little emotional because he was saying that this was one of his... Um, they, they have home groups uh, there in Honduras, and they go to different houses during the week. And he was saying that this was the son of one of the houses that they go to, and that this young man had kind of been the troublemaker and kind of been the cut-up for a long time, and they'd been praying for him for a long time, that he would truly understand the gospel. And so Hector got emotional because we, we saw a true heart change, and he was very serious, and he was finally um, giving his heart to Christ. And so that was a beautiful moment. I, I didn't know him personally. I did remember him last year when Hector told me, and I said, I do remember some of the stuff he was doing. We were kind of having to, you know, tone him down a little bit. But this year, he was just so, you could just see how he had matured. And so that was a very sweet moment, too, for Hector, because Hector, uh, our translator, was almost in tears um, as well, just because of the, the choice that this young man had made. So it was a beautiful thing. That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. Uh, Alexa Williams is another person who returned on this trip, uh, but when we came back, uh, she... Uh, she got sick, and so she wasn't able to be here tonight. But uh, would you join me in thanking these, uh, these, this group? Thank you. Go. And now, finally, Ian, Chelsea, and Andrea. Would y'all welcome them to the stage? All right. Now, Ian, you have been saved, baptized and led on an international mission trip all in the span of one year. That's yeah. pretty incredible. Um, so I, I want to hear just what did this, did this trip do for you in your growth, your spiritual growth? What, how did you see yourself grow specifically on this trip? Well, Cross, that, uh, that takes me back to the conversation that we had on the flight back to Memphis. Mm -hmm. um, it's a two-hour conversation that I have with you, and uh, it's probably one of the most memorable conversations I've had in the last few years. Praise the Lord. I won't say my whole life, but... Yeah. <laughs> That's and, all right. That's uh, a tall order. At one point in the conversation, you said to me, uh, Ian, uh, this mission trip was for your spiritual development above all else. For you, not for everybody, but right. for me. Yeah. And I took that to heart, and I thought to myself, man, I really want to share the gospel. Hmm. And I had a little bit of pride um, thinking that way, because um, I really... Throughout the trip, I wanted to have a leadership role, hmm. and I wanted to preach and share the gospel with everybody I saw. Hmm. And I realized in the preparation before uh, the Honduras mission trip by 
uh, trying to retain all the verses in Welcome to Eternity, which is a, a booklet containing 30 verses um, covering the fundamentals of our faith. I, I realized that I did not have a, a strong foundation in my faith, mm -hmm. and by memorizing Welcome to Eternity, it really helped to solidify the, the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. And I would say that anyone who's interested in the Honduras mission trip, you should uh, definitely uh, consider that just for the, the sake of uh, the preparation. Yeah. And yeah, that was, that was really great. Another thing that I encountered on the trip is that we were always waking up around 6.30 in the morning or 7. And at first I was like, ah, I don't like getting up early. And <laughs> um, it reminded me of uh, the book that we've been reading for D Group, and it was uh, Pray Like It Matters mm -hmm. by Steve Gaines. And a shout out to everybody in D Group. And <laughs> um, it says in the book that Jesus would always wake up early in the morning, maybe yeah. like 4 a.m., yeah. and he would just go out and he would pray. And I was thinking to myself, I do not want to do that. I'm not getting up at six in the morning to go pray. <laughs> um, well, I ended up doing that on the Honduras mission trip. Amen. That's awesome. And that was, that was great. And I'm continuing to do that after the Honduras mission trip. Yeah. I'm getting up early in the morning um, and I'm praying and then I'm doing uh, whatever else I had planned for the day after yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and uh, for that, I'm very grateful. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I enjoyed that, that conversation as well. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, if the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, said, I'm going to spend time with the Lord in the morning, how much more do we need to spend time with the Lord um, in the morning? That's awesome. Um, who, what was uh, kind of one encounter, maybe one person that stood out to you, a moment in which you made a noticeable difference in that person's life from the trip? Yeah, um, this is an easy one uh, because... When we were, uh, it was a Thursday um, during the trip, so it was, like, the trip was almost over, and we went to Via Nueva. Um, it was day two, and in Via Nueva, we were doing door-to-door -door evangelism, which I think is the only place we were doing the door-to-door -door evangelism mm -hmm. um, on the Honduras mission trip. And we were coming up on about 30 minutes left um, for door-to-door -door for the whole Honduras mission trip. And I had created a special Spanish Bible um, it was a King James um, Bible, it was Spanish. I had uh, put tabs in the Bible that would take me directly to the Spanish verse from Welcome to Eternity. And then I had used a highlighter to highlight those verses. So, it, and it was very easy to just flip, you know, sequentially to the next verse in Welcome mm -hmm. to Eternity. And I could just show it to the person and they could read it. Um, so I like, really liked that Bible, it was also 40 bucks. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so we were given uh, Spanish Bibles to hand out for people uh, doing door-to-door. -door. And we were talking to a guy, and he was talking really fast. And I'm grateful for Andrea for handling that because <laughs> I was supposed to be the one to, uh, talk, to evangelize and uh, share the gospel with him. But I could not do it because he was just talking so fast. And she knows Spanish, so she just took it from there. Cheat code. And at the end, uh, we gave him... Uh, our spare Bibles, and I had none left in my backpack because I had forgotten three in the hotel room. And so the only thing I had left was the uh, King James Spanish Bible that I had specially prepared for evangelism. And we were almost done with the evangelism, so I was like, okay, I don't need this anymore. Um, and a girl, a little girl, she's probably like six, I don't know for certain, but uh, she came up and she wanted a Spanish Bible and we didn't have any more. So I thought about it for a moment and ended up giving her my Spanish Bible. Mm. Wow. And uh, she was very excited about it. She ran back to her mom and I was getting up from uh, my seat. And a little bit of backstory, I had banged my left knee uh, playing Pato Pato Gonzo, which is <laughs> Duck Duck Goose with the kids. And I did a ballerina twirl and I'd hit my left <laughs> knee and I could barely walk on it. So mm. I was limping and I just stood up and the, the girl, she had, uh, she ran up to me and she hugged my left knee and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, her chin was like right at like knee level. 
so I, uh, needless to say, it hurt really bad. <laughs> and but it was I very not, loving. <laughs> yeah, I, I may not have noticed she was there unless I had a hurt knee. Because <laughs> she was tiny. Wow. And she said, thank you, in English. Wow. And I looked down at her and I said, you're welcome. <laughs> and about five seconds later, I was like, I don't know if she understood that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but she was very happy. Um, she might have understood it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, she, was, she was very happy with the Bible, yeah. um, needless to say. And yeah. I, was, I was happy for her. And I, didn't, I wouldn't have used it right. you know, afterwards. Yeah. So um, it was good that she could have yeah. it. And uh, also a little bit more information, and I'll be done. Um, the guy that was talking really fast at late, at some point he said that he made, he, he made five lempira a day, which translates to about 20 cents, I think, in English dollars or American dollars, not English dollars, American dollars. And, um, so I don't know if that's true. Um, but it sounds like they don't make a whole lot of money there and it's hard for them to afford Bibles, especially yeah. like a leatherback King James Bible. Right. Um, so it's possible that girl um, may not have been able to get her hands on a Bible if I had not given her one. Mm. And the guy also said that girl um, is uh, very um, interested in growing in her faith um, from previous encounters with her. And he also said, or actually I was also thinking that by having the verses highlighted in there and tab, that she mm -hmm. can go in there and she can read through Welcome to Eternity and yeah. she can just... You know, she doesn't need, need me there to, right. to show it to her. So that's great. I hope that, and I pray that she, she is actually reading the Bible. Yeah, that's a Bible yeah. that's going to withstand the test of time, right? Yeah. It's not, you know, we take a lot of paperback, you know, Bibles, and those can get kind of used and kind of, you know, discarded after a while. But that's a Bible that, man, that's, that's one that's going, you know, she's going to grow old with that Bible, and it's going to be highlighted so that she's not getting lost in kind of the, you know, the you know, man, the, 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 the scope of this book, you know, there's so much here. Where do I start? And she can start with what's highlighted, and that's very clearly going to articulate the gospel. You're right. Great. That's awesome, man. Thank you, Ian. Appreciate that. Chelsea, uh, you had a particular gospel conversation that really impacted you and, and showed the gravity of what's at stake when we share the gospel. Um, so share a little bit about that. So the... During our door-to-door -door evangelism days at Villanueva, the first two conversations that I got to be a part of were very positive and encouraging. So the first one um, was just an opportunity for us to kind of maybe highlight, you know, some correct theology or, you know, that kind of thing. But, like, the belief was there. And so ultimately it was, like, an opportunity to rejoice. And so was the second conversation that I got to be a part of. Um, and so those were really encouraging conversations and the door to door was going really well for me up to that point and I was encouraged by it. And then um, it was the last stop on the second day. So our last day of door to door, me and one of our translators, Anna, had um, the local pastor had brought us to a house where he said that this family has like significant spiritual need. Um, and so like just thinking about like where we were it wasn't even my like my heart broke upon like even entering the premises because it wasn't even much of a house mm. um like it, in the neighborhood where we are like where we were most of the people had like you know traditional homes and like gates you know in their driveway area and that kind of thing and then like walking up to this house like they had no security no protection, um, like a lot of, like their doors were like curtains covering mm. their structures. Um, and so like my heart just broke upon like the situation that we were entering. Mm. And then to know that like not only were their physical needs not being fully met, but like they had significant spiritual need. Um, when we first walked up to the house, me and Anna, and we asked if we could speak with the women there, um, they had told us no at first, like they were not interested in listening mm. to us. And then the pastor had come by and spoke to one or two of the women there and they agreed to sit down with us. And so that was a praise in its own just for that door to be opened yeah. um, for us to share when originally they were 
very reluctant to to speak with us um and then we spent about an hour with them Mm. um going through welcome to eternity and beyond and one of the one of the greatest things about that conversation was is just like relying on our partners because I would I looked over at Anna a few times and I was like what is the verse that says because we were <laughs> I w- we were really trying to pull anything and everything we could to explain it as many different ways as we could mm. um and so like Anna chipped in and was like oh yeah like I know where that's at <laughs> and then like uh at what point the pastor had walked back by and we grabbed him and we were like hey what about this and he was like yeah flip here and so like it really was such a group effort and like just to see a picture painted of the story that we were telling that was even like outside of the welcome to eternity mm. um and like how that got weaved together was a blessing wow. um when it came time to give the invitation and we started walking them through it th- they got to the point of where like they understood everything that we were saying um and they they didn't disagree they were like we we believe that yes and and we understand that but what they didn't have was like that saving faith of like Mm. if i believe this i will go to heaven Mm. um or i i can have assurance in the fact that i'll have eternal life and that is not something that we can force upon them at all um and so that it was heartbreaking to me to like see them get so close yeah um, so close to understanding and then to reject it. And so I walked away, like we had done what we could in that moment. Um, and I pray that people continue to go back and visit them. But like, as we were walking away, I was just sobbing. Cause that was, that was one of my first gospel sharing encounters. Mm-hmm. And then for it to be not only like rejected on like a basis of like, I don't believe what you're saying, but like yeah. the faith aspect of it. So I was just, I was heartbroken walking away thinking like they are so close, but not there kind yeah. of thing. And so that was just really tough for me to see, um, to experience. I think I needed to. And like what that gave me was mm. just brokenness for the lost. Yeah. Um, and like, that is something that I've not had before on that level. Um, and so just for my heart to be broken for the lost mm. and that, that's something that I've uh, prayed that like I don't lose like I never want to quit feeling that um, because that is going to be what spurs me to continue to yeah. share um, and so like I'm thankful the experience my heart is still broken for it and I just I pray that I continue to carry that brokenness with me yeah uh, you mentioned prayer what does where does prayer and the power of God really come into play with moments like those I think it it goes to like understanding what our role is in sharing and like what God's role is in doing this like the saving work. So like we can't save them, um, we can't save ourselves, mm-hmm. and so like we're doing our responsibility to share. Um, but like it is it is God, it is the Holy Spirit that has to do that saving yeah. power. Um, I also wanted to read First Corinthians one seventeen that says. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the good news, mm. and not with clever speech, for fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. Mm. Um, and that verse stood out to me in just terms of like understanding the experience, because part of what I th- like tried to cope with was is like, was there something that we said wrong, or could we have said mm. it better at a certain point? Did we share yeah. everything that we could have, and this really just points to like it's not our power that saves yeah, it's that's right it's god's power that saves um and what a mercy <laughs> yeah absolutely so it's not our speech we we shared the word with them yeah and um that seed was planted and now we just continue to pray that they are saved by the power of christ that's good that's good yeah i often hear obedience is the sharing and we would all say that that's that's true it's not in the result of what is shared. We'll celebrate if they repent of their sins and put their trust in Jesus. And we'll mourn if they reject. Um, And it's true. Obedience is in the sharing. It's also in the praying afterwards, right? Regardless of the result, right? That if they would repent of their sins, that they would grow in their relationship with Jesus. If they reject it, that they would somehow hear it again or hear it afresh or or reflect on it and and then truly repent. Yeah. Obedience is in the sharing, but also in the praying. 
Um, thank you. Thank Absolutely. You for and I would like to invite the group, if you'd like to join with me in praying for them by name, their names are Jocelyn, Angela, and Leela. So yeah. I just wanted to share those names as Amen. well. Yeah, absolutely. I'd actually, uh, would you just pray for those right now, just in this moment? Absolutely. Yeah. Dear Lord, thank you for this night and bringing us together. Thank you for just the opportunity to go and share with everyone that we had the opportunity to share with, Lord. I specifically lift up to you tonight, Angela, Jocelyn, and Leela. Thank you for just the work that you've done and already providing a path to salvation. I pray that they um, just continue to uh, think about the words that were shared with them, Lord, that they find interest in reading your word, that they reach out to the community that is around them and that the community, the local church there continues to reach out to them, Lord. Mm. Um, and I just pray that you draw them near to you and that they ultimately come to you, Lord, and um, accept the salvation that you've offered mm. them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Chelsea. If you want to pass that on to Andrea. Andrea, while Clinton was on one side of the, the school teaching the Bible lesson with all those kids, uh, you and Chelsea were doing the gospel presentation together. And uh, what did you notice about that opportunity that you got to have together? Yeah, I think a big thing for me um, while we were at the school at Choloma was to see the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, I just feel like I have such a new like meaning about what that means now, like after the trip. Um, and just um, like that day, uh, Chelsea and I partnered and we shared um, the Evangel Cube, like in all the churches, I mean, all the schools that we went to. Um, so I would like translate for Chelsea. Um, and we, um, we just felt very, we had so much energy and like so much, I don't know, like we, I feel like we, I don't know how to explain it, but we, I feel like I could really like understand what Chelsea wanted to say and mm. just the words just came out. And like yeah. um, in the past, like I've been so scared to even like translate because that's just in my head, just like moving from like one language to another is just yeah. hard. Right. <laughs> uh, but it just like flowed. Um, and I could, a lot of the verses that Chelsea wanted to share, um, I would like remember them like in Spanish because I've memorized them like growing up. Um, and I didn't have to like use my Bible, my Bible to do it. Um, and like, we didn't have like a lot of time to, you know, like open our Bibles and like do this. Um, and we're just like going and if time went by like really fast and like, we were confident and like, I say all of this, not to say, look how awesome we are, right. <laughs> but look like how awesome God is. Uh, like, that's just like the Lord. I, I was just so in awe of his power. Mm. Um, later that day, Chelsea and I were in our rooms, we we're roommates and we we're just talking, <laughs> about like the day and like how we um, we got to experience that together. And Chelsea said like, I wasn't even nervous. And I was like, wait, I wasn't nervous either. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're both in the same D group as well. And like we um, we're just talking about how at the beginning of the year, sharing the gospel was so, I mean, just scary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and we spent like so much time um, memorizing Welcome to Eternity and like D group and like at some, uh, in the beginning was so, like we'd had like no experience like doing it and like now we were there in our rooms just kind of reflecting on on God's power um at work and it was very encouraging and also um something interesting about it too is that um so the week before the trip was not my best week <laughs> um I literally like went to bed the night before uh we left and I was crying and I was mm -hmm. nervous and um, I just said like, Lord, I can't, <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't feel prepared. I, um, I was anxious. I was, I was scared. Um, and I even like asked myself like, why, like, why did I decide to go? Like, mm -hmm. this is not a vacation. I'm not going back and going to see my friends and like spend time with family. Like I'm literally mm -hmm. going to do work. This is going to be labor. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is going to be hard. <laughs> um, but just like, uh, something that the Lord has been teaching me is just to process my emotions with him. Um, so that's kind of like mm -hmm. what I did the night before the trip. And I was just like, Lord, like, I, I just can't do it. Like, I need, I know, I, I know that this is the devil attacking me. And like, um, that's how he does that with me. Like, he just puts like fear in me. And um, I just said, like, I give this to you. Like, I just can't do it. And like, I just kind of, kind of what some of you all said, um, that it's not about, 
what we can do and like how prepared we are and like how mm. how well we know our verses and all of that. Like it's literally the power of God. Like we Amen. we just go and we share and the rest is up to God. Um, so it's kind of what the, what I did before uh, the night before we left and just um, the following day uh, where we were at the airport. Um, I know like so many of you were praying for us and like answers prayers were answered mm. and um, a couple of you like texted me saying that you guys were praying and like uh, Brent actually te- texted me that morning and he said um, I'll be praying for you every day of the trip mm. and um, I'm not the best as, as I'm not the best at asking for prayer mm. but in that moment I was like Brent please pray that I would have no fear that I, that might go away and that I would have peace in the Lord and just trust in him yeah. um, and he gave me a verse it's Ephesians um, Ephesians 3 20 to 21 and it says now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever and that was like very encouraging that day but also now like reflecting on on yeah. that week in Honduras like he like that's true like he can't do measure way more than all we ask and like that's because of its power so i just that day just like show it's just like a little bit of what the power of god is and like all glory to him like absolutely yeah he's not gonna leave us or forsake us he's gonna be right there with us empowering us to do what he's called us to do right we've been equipped and empowered with the gospel to take it to the nations and he's gonna see it through to the end uh, that's beautiful uh andrea this Honduras is your first home. Um, a lot of people might not know that. What was it like to return to where you grew up with a missional mindset of kind of going in with, you know, this, you know, different, uh, you, you said it, it's not a vacation. Uh, you're going with a, a certain task in mind, uh, going back to your first home. So what did you, what did it teach you about uh, the love of God in us for others? Yeah, going back was so special. Um, I had so much joy and I still have um, just being back there was just familiar, but also very like new um, mm. and just seeing like the love of God, like in the people there, um, our ministry partners, like they, I didn't, I didn't know them. I met them there and like we got to know each other and it just felt like we were, like we were family. Um, and a couple of people from our team um, said that too. Um, that we were just able to work so well together and like that's just the love of God. Like we um first John three four nineteen says we love because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. And um that's just I I mean I saw that that week. Um and even just like in our te- our our team just how much y'all loved my people. Like <laughs> um I was telling Tanya I think the other day that like for me it feels so natural to like love the people of my country you know that's where I grew up I know I know what they've been through like I've been I've been there like I know their pain I know what they struggle with uh, back in Honduras Um, but just seeing like every single one of you just love on my people it's like like how like I don't I don't understand it like Mm. like Amanda and Clinton went back for a second year like why Uh, Adrienne (laughs) went back for a fifth year like 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 just Thinking about it in a human way, it's like I don't understand it. Like these, like you didn't, you don't know these people. Like how can you love them and how can you spend just a week there and um, just sacrificing your your week to love on them? Mm-hmm. And and again, that's just the love of God in us. Uh, we are able to love others because He first loved us, and like we have the Holy Spirit in us, and we are able to share that love with others. Yeah. Um, so that was very special. Yeah, he, we can marvel at his love, right? And the, the mystery of it. Why would God love someone like me, right? And what that actually drives us to do is love others in the same way so that others can marvel at that same love. Why, why would they love them to that extent that we would go thousands of miles away from our home in Memphis, Tennessee to go to where I don't even know where it is on the map. I still don't. <laughs> and yet still share the gospel, the love of God with these people who don't deserve it, but man, God sure does love them. So let's do it, right? That's awesome. 
Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you so much. Uh, I want to ask Clinton if you would come up uh, and just prepare to pray for us uh, over this trip and just what's been shared. Um, I do want, before you do pray and close this out, I want to promote this to you. This is a resource that our church has handed out. Um, it's uh, an on-mission brochure. There's all kind of all over the place. Uh, there's some up front and on the tables and even on the pub tables uh, outside. Um, there are a lot of trips in here. Uh, you don't have to go to Honduras. I will say we are going to Honduras next year, at least Lord willing. Uh, we're making plans towards that trip. And if you feel led to go, I want to encourage you to go. Um, but you don't have to go to Honduras. Uh, that's a tall order. There's a lot of training involved. You talk, talked about welcome to eternity. That, it's a lot. Now, you can do it with the Lord's help. But some of you may not want to take that first step. You may not be like Ian, an overachiever. And, you know. But you can, go, you can go, our church is going all over the place. Or you don't have to really go much of anywhere except for down the street to Pepper Tree Apartments where we're serving at Bellevue Loves Memphis. Um, but I want you to feel encouraged that you, there are plenty of opportunities. You don't have to pray for opportunities anymore. You have to pray for a softened heart to say yes to the opportunities that are in front of you. Um, so be encouraged. Uh, there's plenty that our church is doing in the name of Jesus for the good of the nations, that they would know him. Uh, so what are you going to do? Uh, Clinton, would you pray us out? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for this night and this time we've had together. I thank you so much for the stories that were shared and the experiences, Lord, and most of all that we were able to share the gospel, Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I just pray that you would continue the work that you started in Honduras, that you've been doing for many years, Lord, and pray for all the people we encountered and all the ones that we didn't encounter, Lord, that they would just be impacted by the, the way that the churches are growing down there and our ministry partners, Lord. We pray that they would continue the work. And uh, we just thank you so much for all the opportunities we have here in Memphis, Lord, mm -hmm. to serve. Um, I just pray uh, for the people at Pepper Tree and all the ways that we can serve. And I just pray for the hearts here that are thinking about serving, Lord, that they would just um, take that step through the power of the Holy Spirit and find ways to serve. I thank you so much for our leadership here at this church and all the opportunities we have to serve and the way that we are able to be trained and to just share the true gospel, Lord. We love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen.